The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined for another episode once again by my co-host, Jacob Rudner. And now we are going to talk about the cross-divisional rivalry the battle between LSU and the Gators slated for this upcoming Saturday at 7.30 p.m. from Tiger Stadium, the real Death Valley, if you ask a Tigers fan from Louisiana. And this has always been a daunting venue to play at. A lot of this young team has yet to play there, but a lot of guys very familiar with the venue from Billy Napier, who recruited throughout the state for four years, several players on Florida's roster, who were once LSU fans not too long ago from those guys in the backfield in Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson to some of the transfers like Cam Jackson, you name it. A lot of guys from the Louisiana area, a lot of ties. Corey Raymond going back to LSU for his first time since becoming Florida's secondary coach. There are a lot of intriguing storylines for this contest, but I got to say nothing is more intriguing to me than the suspense right now as we record this Thursday afternoon over whether quarterback Jaden Daniels, a Heisman Trophy contender, should be a finalist in my mind the way he has played this season. Is he going to take the field? Whether or not he plays on Saturday against the Gators has been a huge point of discussion throughout the week. We are going to talk about that and more, but we're going to dive right into that, breaking down LSU's offense. Jacob has scouted the Tigers this week. What have you seen from this offense? Obviously, one of the best offenses in the country. Jaden Daniels leading the way, but what do they do, the other 10 guys around him, that make that unit so efficient, make them one of the most dangerous to go up against in the country right now? Yeah, Graham, I think that this is uh, nothing short of of an awe-inspiring, a jaw-dropping offense. Uh, LSU this year has been 
truly excellent, even in losses offensively. Uh, and, and we'll get into this later, but the majority of, of the problems uh, for Brian Kelly's LSU team have been defensive this season. And I would say that uh, even in a loss last week, like LSU suffered against number eight Alabama in Tuscaloosa, uh, they still put up 28 points and, and looked very good, I would say. Maybe maybe, maybe good to very good is, 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 a, is an acceptable range uh, prior to Jay Daniels getting hurt, which you mentioned. And so uh, this is a unit that is unforgiving. You cannot make mistakes against these guys. Uh, they are extremely effective on the ground where they are the number one team in the nation against FBS opponents in terms of total yards per carry. That's a byproduct of a, a sound running games in terms of traditional handoffs and, and utilizing the running backs that they have uh, behind an offensive line that has done a, a, a very serviceable job in, in creating space for its runners, but also in Jaden Daniels, who is an absolutely spectacular rusher, uh, just shy of 700 yards. It's been a major focal point of his game uh, ever since he entered the college ranks. Teams have had to uh, you know, be wary of that. And his skill to utilize his legs uh, and, and, and make better decisions as to when that should happen versus when it's probably best to go with his arm uh, have, have looked as smooth as at any other point in his career so far this season. So this has been uh, what I would call Jaden Daniels coming out party. I mean, it's just been an absolutely excellent campaign for him. Uh, this is a guy who should firmly be in the Heisman Trophy conversation. And of course, the question is whether or not he plays. When he's on the field, uh, they're excellent. LSU this season ranks third nationally in FBS games with 41.9 points per game. Uh, they rank first in the nation with 535 yards per game on offense. Uh, but when Jaden Daniels is not in the game, the dimensions and the things that you have to be concerned about with that unit as a defense uh, change dramatically. Garrett Nussmeyer is a very serviceable backup quarterback. Uh, I think Florida fans are more than familiar with that last name uh, and, and associate maybe some frustration with that. But this is a kid who is extremely talented uh, with his arm. He knows how to get the ball to receivers. Uh, but does so more from a, a pocket standpoint, likes to stand in a little bit longer than Jaden Daniels does. Doesn't necessarily escape uh, and, and create in the same way that the Tigers starter does. Uh, and so, yes, of, of course, that would be a, a benefit to the Gators if they don't have to face somebody who will be uh, a, a Heisman Trophy finalist at a minimum, uh, somebody who will in, in all likelihood attend that ceremony due to his production so far this season. It would be an advantage uh, to the Gators who are struggling defensively to not have to face that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make it easy, but it would certainly help in my opinion. Uh, and, and the other thing is this, Graham, it, it, you know, LSU has the playmakers, in my opinion, to make a potential backup quarterback situation less impactful as it might be for some other teams. Malik Neighbors is an absolutely excellent wide receiver option. It doesn't stop at him. Uh, this is a team that, in my opinion, can at any point uh, have four really above average to even excellent pass catchers on the field at all times. Uh, it's a unit that has found ways to be exceptionally effective on a weekly basis. This isn't, uh, you know, a fluky situation at any point. At, at this point in the season, this is about to be game number 10 for both teams. Uh, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot to like uh, about this LSU offense just from a football standpoint and its operation. Uh, I would I would go as far as to say it's the most dangerous or one of the most dangerous units in the country, uh, and Florida will certainly have its hands full. Yeah, you mentioned that this season has kind of been a coming out party for Jaden Daniels. I think Florida fans would probably refute that because you go back to last year when Daniels arrived in Gainesville. He had a career-high six touchdowns in that performance, leading 
the Tigers to a victory in the Swamp over the Gators. And ever since then, he has just been on an absolute tear, a guy who has benefited from returning all the progress that he has made. And, you know, absolutely kind of shout out to you for this in, in, a, in a sense because you have maybe known about how efficient and uh, established of a quarterback Jaden Daniels can be really since he started in college, having covered him out there at Arizona State where, you know, he just – was fantastic from the jump, right? I mean, a true freshman who had a lot of success. There were some up and down years. Obviously, they didn't play a full COVID season, which certainly, I think, stymied his development a little bit. But now he gets in the SEC under the leadership of Brian Kelly. He has some elite wide receivers around him. He has a really good backfield. And that offensive line has made some strides as well. So certainly it looks like their, off, their offense is one of the best in the country. And Jaden Daniels is a big reason for that. And so his availability in the contest is absolutely something we're going to be monitoring. We'll have updates of that as well over at Swamp 247. And it, I think, makes this game a little bit difficult to predict. But before we get into any of that and get to our keys to the game, you mentioned the defense. We have to talk about what the Tigers have on the other side of the ball in ways that they're going to look to slow down a very efficient quarterback in Graham Mertz. On Wednesday during the SEC teleconference, Brian Kelly came out and praised Graham Mertz and said that he has been really good at playing turnover-free football, completing nearly 75% of his passes. He's been tough. He's been able to get right back up. And he has been a big reason why Florida's offense has had a good deal of success this season, even if there have been some issues. Obviously, Florida starts in a 14-point hole this last week against Arkansas. That first drive ends in a fumble, scoop and score for the Razorbacks. But otherwise, Florida looked like they were able to have a lot of success Throughout the, the day against the Razorbacks, the ground game showed up. Trevor Etienne, I, I thought, had one of his better games. And they are showing a little bit more willingness each week to trust freshman Eugene Wilson III. And I think that that, getting the ball to him and Ricky Pearsall, are going to be huge components of this game. Obviously, the Tigers are going to look to stop that. Just what do they have on that side of the ball that is going to make things difficult for the Gators and, you know, who are some of the names to watch? I know that so many people know the name Harold Perkins, but obviously they have a lot of guys around him who have stepped up this season and are continuing to develop as that unit progresses. Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting unit and kind of one that's that's hard to predict going into a game like this because, like you said, you know, Florida is a very efficient offense, and, and Graham Mertz uh, ha has done really well this season in what has been a pass-heavy Gator system, which I don't know is really what we were expecting, uh, but it's worked out for Florida. They, they, they've done a reasonably good job. Uh, they've had some very high-scoring games, you know, including on the road, scored 41 points at South Carolina. Uh, and, and that is of note going into a game against a defense that is not very good, all things considered. And it hasn't gotten better as the season has gone on, despite having some playmakers, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, Harold Perkins is an elite uh, player, extremely talented. Billy Napier was effusive in his praise. Uh, but still the unit has struggled as a whole, uh, and that's really what's going to matter here. It's allowing 30.5 points per game, which barely ranks inside the top 100 among defenses nationally. Uh, they give up a ton of yards per game, 418.4 against FBS opponents. Uh, a, a notable stat, I think that this is an area that you know Florida could really maybe try to seek out some advantage, is third down conversion percentage allowed. LSU has been really poor on that down uh, allowing almost 50% conversions, 49.04% against FBS teams that rank the 129th nationally. So there are just a handful of teams that are worse uh, on the critical down defensively. 
Uh, and one other area that I think is kind of significant here, Graham, is that, you know, LSU has not been great against the run. Teams are averaging almost five yards per carry, FBS teams, that is, uh, that is outside the top 100 in terms of slowing down the ground game of opponents. Uh, and we haven't so much seen this season Florida have an opportunity or execute uh, when it did have an opportunity to establish its ground game. And I think that that's something that we could see this weekend. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe we'll go into the Florida offense uh, and what it needs to do to win this game in, in a second here. Uh, but I would be remiss not to mention that this does seem like a, a chance for guys like Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson, who are going to be playing in front of family, who are returning home to Louisiana, maybe a little extra motivation against a school that they either grew up rooting for or maybe even wanting to play for in LSU. Uh, and if you can establish the run, even to a, 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 a reasonable degree, and I'm not talking about you know Florida leaning on the run in a way that it hasn't done since Anthony Richardson was its quarterback, but uh, maybe in a way that's more effective than what we've seen so far this season, that could be kind of a game-changing swing. I could see Florida getting itself into a scenario where the rushing game is enough that it forces LSU to have to respect it. And then one thing that we've seen Graham Mertz do really well so far this season is throw out of the play action. He is excellent uh, on play action plays. He sells the fake really well. His footwork is really good. And, and then when he comes to his ability to pass the ball and distribute, uh, his completion percentages and efficiency uh, speak for themselves. And so, you know, if I had to point out one key to the game before we talk about keys to the game, and I'm sure I'll, I'll reiterate this in a minute, uh, it would be, the run game, whether or not Florida can take advantage of a bad rushing defense uh, and, and get itself into situations where Graham Mertz can do what he does best, uh, to me, is how you swing a game where you're a two-touchdown underdog into one where maybe you pull off an upset on the road. Yeah, if they're able to get outside the pocket, obviously meaning Graham Mertz, and throw on the run and have some success outside the tackles, I think that would be huge for Florida. We know that the Gators have worked the outside run a good bit this season. If they can get that going against this maligned Tigers defense, I think you can call it that. That would, I think, be huge for opening up the rest of the field and giving Graham Mertz his best chance at being successful. Obviously, it's going to pretend, you know, take a the ability to move the football against this team, knowing that they're able to put up points very, very quickly with Daniels in there. I kind of get a little Pac-12, you know, deja vu in a sense here for Jaden Daniels because he is so prolific, but yet it's the defense letting him down and forcing him to go win games with his arm and outscore the other opponent rather than have the defense keep the opponent in check. And, and he doesn't have to go out there and be perfect, but it seems that has been the case this season for the Tigers on the outset. Obviously, as we talk about our keys to the game right now, Jaden Daniels is a massive one. So we're not even going to dive too much into that because there's so much else here to go over. But when you see things that could allow the Gators to be successful in this contest against LSU, what jumps out to you in terms of keys to the game? Where does Florida, I know you mentioned things they're going to have to do on offense, but defensively even, what are they going to look to do to be able to make this a contest that could be a winnable one for the Gators in, in a very daunting venue? Yeah, you know, I think it does start with, you know, some venue factors, meaning that whether or not Florida is able to play clean football and not allow the environment to get to it, uh, in, in a way that maybe we saw that kind of occur in Lexington, for example, where Florida got stung early and then just couldn't really catch up. Uh, that needs to be avoided. And, and I'm talking in terms of procedural penalties. And as Billy Napier likes to put it, things that Florida can control and maybe occur or don't occur regardless of the opponent. Uh, that, that will be big in this game is not allowing 
self-inflicted wounds uh, to, to, to mount and, and really even occur for the most part, because this is not really the environment where you're going to be able to come back from mistakes. And Billy Napier's talked about that before. When you're playing in a very hostile road environment against a good team with a soul, I mean, it, it, we're talking about a sold out Death Valley for this game, which will be over a hundred thousand people, you know, the vast majority of whom are not there to cheer on for Florida. Uh, and once you start making mistakes or things start to kind of slide in the wrong direction for you, uh, there is a degree to which a fan base can have an impact there and kind of make things feel a little bit bigger or like your mistakes uh, are, are amounting to more than they really are in reality. Uh, and there is a mental side to the game of football that I think is more prevalent at the college level than it is in the pros in that some of these guys can be impacted by that. When it gets a little loud and your mistakes are the reasons why, it can be tough to get out of your own head. And that noise uh, can can be challenging. And so I do think that it's important uh, in, in this game, as much as any, to avoid those costly self-inflicted wounds. But then again, I think that there's also some things that you know are, are opponent-related that will be keys for this Florida team, both on offense and defense. Uh, offensively, I'll go back to it. I think that you know establishing the run early and often is going to be really key in terms of creating more deception uh, and, and allowing Graham Mertz to, to get back into that play-action tool bag that's made him so successful this season. I think that that's big. Uh, whether or not Florida's offensive line can provide adequate protection, I think is going to be something to watch for sure because we haven't really seen that even against teams that don't rush the passer particularly well. Now, this is an LSU team that kind of falls in the middle. We've seen some games where they are really effective in getting after the quarterback. We've seen some where they completely fail to do so at all. Uh, and Florida can't allow them to get hot in that regard early with bad protections and, and missed assignments. Uh, Damian George, you know, not to, to call anybody out here, but it, Damian George has really struggled sometimes in these man, you know, one-on-one -on -one assignments where teams are going to bring pressure and it's on you to beat your guy. And if you don't, you know, it can really destruct a play. That's been a challenge, you know, especially picking up blitzes. And when you have a guy like, you know, Perkins on the other sideline, who's going to be able to capitalize on those things at a very high level, uh, you have to slow it down. And so, uh, I, you know, I, to me, and we'll get into our predictions in a second, this is going to be a really tough game for Florida to win. I think that there's a lot working against it just in terms of how good this LSU offense is. I think with or without Jaden Daniels, I think the playmakers could be a problem for Florida's secondary, which has been inconsistent at best, especially recently. Uh, and, and, you know, LSU's defense isn't very good, but I'm not sure that we've seen enough from Florida, especially on the road uh, against really high quality opponents, that is, uh, that it's going to be capable of, of keeping up in that kind of a shootout. Is it possible? Uh, yes, I think it's more possible than Vegas might be giving it credit for at basically a two-touchdown spread, uh, but I still think it's going to be exceptionally challenging and Florida will need a lot to go right. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Yeah, I think that from a venue perspective, this is arguably, if not, I think without a doubt, you could even say that this is the toughest venue the Gators have to play at this season. No disrespect to Utah out there in Salt Lake City, because that had some elements to it that Florida couldn't totally prepare for from the travel schedule, the early week hurricane, it being on a a Thursday contest as well. They end up going to Dallas and the altitude that was so much of a discussion point in the buildup to that game. And then Kentucky being an early contest as well, Florida, I think lacked the edge in that one, but they haven't had a hundred thousand plus bearing down on them and attempting to disrupt the offense and how Florida handles that even with a veteran quarterback, just knowing how many young pieces there are on the offensive line at the wide receiver position too. How much of an effect is that going to have in this contest? That is absolutely one of my keys to the game. And another one I think is one that maybe Florida fans are a little bit tired of hearing about, but I I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. It's obviously having a clean special teams performance, not making any detrimental errors on field goal blocks, not getting 11 guys out there on the field. If they are able to have the success in the return game that the Gators were able to have against Arkansas, Ricky Pearsall had several nice punts. They had some good kickoff returns, good good punt block coverage. I think Jeremy Croshaw had one of his better games from a hang time and punt carry standpoint. If they're able to have all that and have a clean special teams performance, I think it'll narrow the gap a little bit. And you never know, as we saw last week, when a special teams play is going to prove consequential in a contest especially if Jaden Daniels is unable to go and this does become a close contest in the fourth quarter, it would absolutely be very, very tough for Florida fans to stomach if special teams miscues prove to be a a key in this game for LSU securing a victory. So I think for Florida, they're going to absolutely have to handle that. And then my third key is something you mentioned earlier. It's establishing the run. You know, we have seen Graham Mertz have a lot of success, 17 touchdowns with just two interceptions this season. And I think you could make an argument that he really hasn't been at fault for either of those interceptions. Obviously there were the fumbles against Georgia, which definitely proved detrimental to the Gators having a chance to win that contest against a team that they would have had to be perfect against to even have a chance. So taking care of the ball is is a huge one, but you need to make it so that Graham Mertz doesn't have to go out there and throw 45 times for the Gators to have a chance in this game. Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson are going to have to establish themselves in the backfield they're going to have to get to the next level and it's against a defense that you mentioned has not had a a lot of success in stopping the run this season so making sure that lsu's defense doesn't find a way to get more on track against 
a Florida rushing attack that, in my opinion, coming into the season was one of the better backfield duos in the country. Maybe it doesn't have the production that would verify that, but I think certainly some capable rushers who can do some damage against this LSU defense. That's absolutely going to have to be a factor in the game. In my mind, Montreal Johnson spoke on Wednesday night and he said that he wasn't really recruited by the former LSU coaching staff. They didn't really look his way despite him being 80 miles down the road there in new Orleans. He planned on showing them what they missed out on. And I think that that is absolutely something the Gators are going to need. So if that gives him a little extra edge, to perform on Saturday night. I think that Florida's going to have to utilize that. And this is a game that I don't even need to mention what miscues can do when it comes to hindering a Florida team's ability to win this game. I hate to bring up 2020 because it was, it seems forever ago, but it really was kind of the start of the rebuild for Florida with the shoe toss against LSU that gave the Tigers, uh, you know, they end up kicking a game-winning field goal. It really unraveled from there over the, really the last couple of years. It, it started, in my opinion, Dan Mullen's exit in Gainesville. And for Florida, I know that they would like to be on the receiving end of maybe a home mistake by LSU, and the Gators are able to capitalize on someone else's errors because so much of the conversation I feel like we've had are Florida's errors and how it's allowed the opponent to win games that – Florida maybe would have won otherwise. And I think last week was a very good example of that. So if the Gators can play clean football and take advantage of a LSU team that isn't perfect in multiple facets, I think that they can have a chance, but we're going to have to hear from both of us now, put our money where our mouth is, whether we actually think that is going to be the case. We're going to give our predictions for the game. Now, if you want a few more detailed thoughts, Make sure you check out Swamp 247 before the game on Saturday. We will post our predictions as we do every single week. So you can get that as well after we give you our initial take right now. But Jacob, I'll turn it over to you. How do you see this game unfolding? What is your prediction right now for Saturday night's contest between LSU and Florida? Yeah, being that it's still Thursday, you know, mid-afternoon here in Gainesville, and we don't have a definitive update on whether or not Jaden Daniels practiced uh, fully today uh, or his availability for for Saturday. I do have two score predictions right now. Uh, and and like Graham said, if you want to you know check out where we're at towards the end of the week, uh, we do post our predictions in writing over at swamp247.com on game days. Uh, but I have a Daniels prediction and I have a no Daniels prediction right now. And I think that that's probably important just given the stage of the week that we're at in terms of knowing what else he's going to put out there. Uh, with Daniels, I think it's a higher scoring game for both teams. I think both teams uh, will be afforded a couple more possessions. I don't think LSU uh, will have as much of a need maybe to, to kind of eat some clock and capitalize on its possessions where it kind of can be a little more explosive uh, against a Florida defense that I think notably has allowed 39 points in its last three consecutive games, which is the first time that it's done that since before World War II. Um, with Daniels, I have it LSU 42, Florida 27. Uh, so not really a close game there. Uh, you know, if Daniels plays, I think that a lot of Florida's game will be trying to play catch up, which is not really something that it's well suited to do. Uh, do I think Florida's offense can compete with this, you know, LSU defense? Absolutely. I think it really could. Uh, but again, I'm not sure that it's able to, to win a track meet where its opponent is going to be pouring on points really uh, from the outset with the Heisman candidate quarterback. You lose Daniels, I think it's a lot closer. I still have LSU winning because of its playmakers, uh, but my prediction there would be 34-24 Tigers. Uh, fewer possessions, longer possessions, 
but still an LSU victory just because, you know, playmakers versus playmakers. It's in Baton Rouge. Uh, I, I don't see an outcome in my mind, uh, you know, barring a really spectacular Florida performance in which it wins. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm LSU no matter who starts at quarterback. Uh, I think just one is a little more of a beatdown than the other. Yeah, and we will give our final predictions on Saturday, like we said, when we know a little bit more about whether Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be the guy under center for the Tigers. So I'm glad that today we're afforded to give two predictions on a Thursday in my mind, knowing that Daniels could still practice today based on how he fared in workouts on Wednesday. He did go through non-contact portions, did some film study as well. So we will find out whether he is able to take the field. It does seem that he is tracking towards playing but with concussion-like symptoms, you never know if a guy is actually going to be cleared before the game or not. And you never know how much they were able to practice throughout the week. Although I think when you look at a, a veteran quarterback like Jaden Daniels, I think it matters a little bit less how much he prepared throughout the week, just whether he's going to be healthy or not. I mean, you look at how the NFL does it. You can miss the entire week of practice and still be able to go when the weekend arrives. So I do think that giving two predictions is totally fair. I am with you on the Jaden Daniels plays prediction. If he takes the field, I see this being a game that the Gators lose by double digits. I'm going 35-17 if Jaden Daniels is cleared and starts for the Tigers. I think that he is too much to keep in check. I think that he is absolutely a weapon. Florida saw that last year. He has just as good, if not better, weapons around him this season. I think, like I said, the offensive line has improved. They have more than two capable backs to help him out and, and take some of the load off of him at times. And I do think that this is just a, a game where Florida is going to have to be perfect in everything we've seen over the recent weeks. Even though the Gators are getting Tyreek Sapp and Cam Jackson back, they still are without Shamar James for the rest of the way. And we have seen that that has been able to cause some issues for the Gators, especially last week against a dual threat quarterback who was able to take advantage against a defense that had been really good on third down. The Razorbacks had a lot of success on third down, completed nearly you know, half of their third down conversions against the Gators defense and facing a mobile quarterback like Daniels. It just only, it, it boils down to that. The guy is, is probably going to carve up the defense barring a good, you know, level of improvement. And I don't know if we can really predict that where we will differ though, Jacob is if Garrett Nussmeyer is the guy for the Tigers. I think that even though he's been able to play in non-garbage time, he got in the game last week, in the fourth quarter against the Crimson Tide while the Tigers were looking to rally against an Alabama team that was playing one of their better games this season. If Garrett Nussmeyer is the guy throughout the afternoon, I think this is a lot more winnable game for the Gators. I know it's a night game in Baton Rouge, and that is absolutely going to be a factor in this one. But if you go against Garrett Nussmeyer, I think that Florida has a chance to win this game. And, and so much so that I'm leaning Florida winning a close game if Garrett Nussmeyer is the quarterback, you can call me a homer for this one. I just think that the gap between those two quarterbacks is massive. And everything you said about their defense makes me think that the Gators are capable of putting up multiple touchdowns against the Tigers in their home venue. I'm going 27-24 if Garrett Nussmeyer is the quarterback. The Gators win and steal one in LSU. That is absolutely going to be a factor to watch in this contest. I think that we both agree that if Garrett Nussmeyer, obviously you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but if Garrett Nussmeyer is the quarterback and he starts and the Gators still lose, 
I think that will be even more demoralizing for this Florida team than potentially losing to an Arkansas team coming off a bye week that reverted to some offensive things that they had had success with previously, getting back one of the better running backs in the SEC and losing to a redshirt senior QB in KJ Jefferson. I could see that being on the same level, if not even more demoralizing, that you let a, a very raw inexperienced quarterback, even though he's been there for several years, if you let Garrett Nussmeyer win the game against you, I think that that will absolutely be a frustrating thing for Florida fans. And it's not going to make things much better here around Gainesville. If Florida ends up going to Baton Rouge and losing to the backup quarterback. So we will be back next week to talk about how the game unfolded, maybe eat some crow. If one of us is wrong, or we'll talk about, being right on the money with how this game unfolded. We're going to be following how Jaden Daniels uh, progresses throughout the next two days. Check out our final predictions on swamp247.com on Saturday before the game gets underway. And we will be back next time. And we'll be talking a little bit of basketball as well next week with the Gators going up to Charlotte on Friday to take on Virginia in a neutral site matchup. All that and more will be over at swamp247.com. But for right now, Graham Hall and Jacob Rudner. We'll see you next time.